What's up, guys? Welcome back. Another episode of the Average Money Podcast. In this episode, JJ and I were going, you know, a little freestyle. We're going off the off the dome, if you will. We're going to go back and forth, and we're going to talk about some significant ways from experience that we have saved money. We're not going to give you these cliche ones you're going to read in every single blog and everywhere. We're going to talk about actual things. Some things you might think are crazy and that you might disagree with us even, and we have not talked about it. We are, we're both learning about these for the first time. And if this is your first time, my name is Brad Finn. I am joined every single week, fresh off his newest beard trimming, J.J. Buckner. J.J., how are we doing tonight, bud? I'm good, man. Oh, beard trimming. I'm actually due for one. Look at this. This is a mess. It is a mess. Yeah, dude, I'm excited for today's episode. You know, it's going to be a good chance for you and I to really give the listeners some thoughts, maybe different ways of saving money or being a little bit more creative than just like you said, the typical ones that everyone talks about. One reason why I'm excited for this episode is because the way saving money can really enhance your way to financial independence or just becoming debt-free, it really does finding using different ways to be able to come or to save more money at a maybe faster rate than other will be able to make you succeed that much faster. Yeah, it's this is kind of like the unspoken like rules of financial success. I feel like we don't really talk about, we talk about like, I feel like when we talk about like ways to save money, it's always in like a negative connotation. Like you need to be frugal. You need to stop spending. But this is more of a conversation I think where we just were a little ignorant to the situations. And as we've gone through our financial journeys, we've said to ourselves, oh my God, I never realized that we could do those little simple things that would add up over time and save us a bunch of money. And before we do start, I, I want to just shout out real quick because it's now been open a couple weeks, guys. We have a Facebook page that we launched about three weeks ago. I think it's up to 40, 50 members or so, right, JJ? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So we wanted an opportunity. This is so hard for us coming from the YouTube space where we usually conversate with people in our comment section and get our community involved. We want an opportunity to do that here on the podcast platform. So if you're on Facebook and you want to get in the conversation, we're asking questions, taking polls, video ideas, and things like that, shoot over. It's just Average Money Facebook group. JJ will approve you over there and uh, you can join in. So JJ, you have anything to add on that? Yeah, it, it's also cool. You know, you mentioned to be able to talk to the community and everything and uh, you know, for them to ask us questions, podcast ideas, whatever it may be. But one thing I really like about it is that the listeners can tell their story because that's one thing I've noticed. Like when I first started my financial independence journey is like, I feel like you want to shout it out from the mountaintops, but no one wants to listen, at least the people who live around you. So to have a cool, you know, welcoming community of like-minded individuals who want to talk about money, investing, financial independence, their financial freedom journey, and how they're getting there. Uh, that uh, that really excites me. But also, I do have one other thing I need to add, and that is to please make sure you guys do leave a review if you do find value out of these podcast episodes. Brad and I do uh, create. Uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts really do help the newer podcast guys like us. We're still new, new guys on the block. The episode is sponsored by our own Facebook group and, and our own review session inside Apple Podcasts. So full disclosure, guys, JJ, we were talking about recording today and oftentimes because this is so open for us and this is the friendship that JJ and I have and we just speak weekly. It's like, hey, what, all right, what are we, we talking about today? He's like, 
let's talk about ways to save money. And I was like, oh, I got a bunch. He's like, don't tell me. Don't you pick five or so. I'll pick five or so. And I, th- whenever you do that to me, JJ, it's usually because, you know, I disagree with something or you, you want to, you want to like rile me up a little bit and get me fired up. So I'm get a little New York bit. Brad to come out. Yeah, no, no, no. New York Brad is not coming out tonight, but I, I I'm definitely like waiting for that zinger where I'm going to be like, ah, that's the one. So don't start us off with the zinger. JJ, what do you think is one way to save a significant amount of money over time, even if it's a short, a little bit amount of money short term. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to do that right now, but I know I already mentioned. Oh, I'm not going to have any of these cliche typical ones, but I got. I cannot do a podcast on saving money without saying this first one. And also, Brad, I don't know if you mentioned this or not yet or not, but if Brad and I have the same ones on our list because we don't know who which one each other has, we're gonna we'll we'll let we'll let the people know. If we, if we thought of the same one for this yeah. list of five. Yeah. But my first one is you got to create a budget. You've got to create a budget. That's the first thing when people come up to me, friends, family, whoever it may be, of you know asking for financial advice or like how to be better with their money or how to have more money left over at the end of the month to pay bills or to do little extra things. And the first question I ask them is, do you create a budget? And majority of the time, it's, eh, yeah, kind of like, I kind of know what we spend. I look at the credit card statement or it's a, it's a flat out no. Like what, how do you even budget? But that's the thing. Like we're never taught that in school. You know, like we don't know how to create budgets. So I think when you really first give every single dollar a name and that dollar has to go to a certain category for the month and you track all of your expenses that is going to further enhance your saving much farther down the road because when you actually take the second to divvy out all of your expenses for the month and you get to see exactly where your money's going and how there's different categories, you may look at your grocery bill and be like, holy shit, how am I spending $1,000 on groceries and it's me and my girlfriend? You know, you know like you never know what's going to happen. So when you ever, whenever you get to create a budget and you get those topics set, those categories set, that's going to leave you so much money to work with because you you can tell yourself, okay, I need to maybe spend a little, a little less here on, on going out to eat. And that puts an extra $100, $200 in my category for uh, my investments. Yeah. So you're pretty much saying that it's not the act of budgeting, but the fact that it's more of like a, an eye opening. Because for me, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that like budgeting saved me money, but budgeting definitely opened my eyes to places where I could save money. And I also, I always mention this because I was an eye roller in the beginning when it came to budgeting. It was not something I wanted to do. It was not something. There's two, there are really two, two points that I want to make. Number one, you have to remember going in day one, budgets are not to restrict. They are to help. And when you use them properly, they will help you. And they will make it easier and more fun to spend money because you've budgeted for it. The other thing I want to add is it took me probably seven or eight months to get my budget right because I was listening to other people's budgets and trying to match mine to their particular case. My wife and I argued about our food budget for months. And it wasn't until I spoke to Lydia Sen and she was like, Brad, you having a problem going over every month in food? Just budget more money to food. And I was like, but I can't. People are eating TV dinners for a dollar a night. That's not the people we were. So definitely when you go into this, you know, number one, Make sure that 
you know, that you're not restricting yourself, that you, you see the open-mindedness and also don't try and master it. I mean, it took me seven months. JJ, how long did it take you to like really set your budget in stone? And another thing too, because when I got mine pretty set, I kind of backed off like the hardcore intense. Do you still like monthly intense budget? How long, how do you guys do that as you learn over time? Yeah. So our for like, I feel like our budget always was changing. So it maybe took like, honestly, like a year for us to get like a set budget. Cause we got a lot of those like weird expenses where it's like a one-time big expense. I feel like every month we have a one-time big expense, but it's getting old now. I've never had just a month where there's no crazy big expense, but anyways, no, it took like for a year, it took us really to get our budgeting down comfortably. But now like you kind of mentioned, Brad, like now we've gotten so used to living this lifestyle. Like we don't really track our expenses anymore. We more like what we do is we spend all of our money on our credit cards so we can see it all in one spot. And I know roughly what I need to be have in there as a balance of what I have to pay off at the end of the month to know that I'm budgeting relatively close to where I should be for that month. Yeah, we're the same way. We kind of just we budget now when things could get different. For example, like we have a sinking fund all year long for the holidays, but we still did a, a December budget or like a birthday. We just had our anniversary, like those types of, and it, it turns out that it's more months than, especially now with kids' birthdays and christenings. And it turns out that, you know, they're like you said, there are big things that come up, but like, don't, when you get used to it, you'll, you'll feel the flow and it'll be all right. And like I said, it'll save you money only because you'll see the things that aren't important and you'll see where you can cut some money here and there. Mine's my first one isn't exactly budgeting, but it is, I guess, cliche, but I, before you roll your eyes, let me like, just tell you the numbers. Cause we wanted to speak from experience. We wanted to make sure we spoke about this before that we did not want to make this like a blog that you read. Like, yeah, I want to tell you why I'm telling you these numbers because I never would have known it. So for those of you that are new to the podcast or new to my YouTube channel, I was on September 1st, 2017, I had $189,000 worth of debt, mostly just student loan debt and some car debts, nothing crazy, no high interest credit cards, anything like that. And I also had a minus net worth of minus $29,000. I tell you that to tell you this, the easiest way for you to save money is to not be paying other people interest on your debts. In 2017, I paid over $50,000 in interest to my debts. And in 2018, I it came down a little bit more, but it was still like in the neighborhood of thirty-five dollars to $40,000. I tell you that because when we hear get out of debt, we hear get out of debt, debt-free, financial independence, but people never tell you really the why. I'm telling you right now. You need to get out of debt because if you're like me and you have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt, take the couple years and pay it off because this was the first year that I was debt-free and I did not give $30,000 plus in interest to other people. So I essentially got myself a $30,000 raise because I'm living debt-free. And that's it's something that people, I feel like psychologically, mostly because they dismiss I have to pay off my debt. That's not sexy. It's not fun. Nobody wants to do it. But do some math. If you want to motivate yourself, this is the end of the year. You're going to get all of your things in the mail to do your taxes. Ask your accountant how much you paid in interest last year. Even without your mortgage, I guarantee you, if that doesn't motivate you to pay off your debt and and think of that as an increase of your salary, I, I don't know what can, right? 
Yeah, no, I mean, one thing I like to think of or whenever my wife and I were paying off our debts, we always had this like analogy, if that's the right word I'm using, where like we'd say every time we were paying interest for the month, it felt like, for example, let's say we paid $500 in interest for the month of November. We would picture that in our minds and we'd tell each other like, okay, this is literally $500 that we could go drive down the highway and just stick it out the window because that's technically what it's going to. Yeah. So that's one another reason that really motivated us as well, like you just mentioned, to get that debt paid off so you're not paying all that money in interest. But also, think about this. It's also a risk perspective you have to think of. You know, when you go to pay off your debts, you're you're lowering your risk because what happens if you go and lose a job and you have all this debt, all these monthly payments you have to pay, your car payment, your credit card payment, your, you know, medical bills, whatever it may be, student loans, once those are gone, and if something does bad happen, something bad does happen, then you're able to be able to f- cover those bills because all that debt's all that debt's gone. I think of it too like this. Um, I full disclosure: when I was a kid, I used to be a cigarette smoker, and I remember when my family was trying to quit after my mom got sick. We, people would say, "Think about how much money you save if you quit and you take that." that $10 from every pack of cigarettes that you buy, probably now 20, I have no idea. But if you take that $10 and that's $10 a day, how much, think of it like that. Think about your debt as a pack of cigarettes. If you quit smoking and you took the money that you were paying to debt interest and put it in your own pocket, boom. Yeah, no, that's so true. So we'll get the cliche ones. Get out of debt (laughs) and try at least write down, know where your money's going. Even if you want to call it a budget because budgets aren't cool to say. Get out an old school piece of paper and write down how much money you paid to everybody. And just look at the last two months. That yep. might shock you. What do you, got, what do you got for number two, JJ? You're number two, three total. All right. Um, well, I'm still laughing that we literally said, oh, these aren't going to be the cliche <laughs> ones. And we were all right into to the two probably most cliche saving items, but our saving money items, whatever. You got to, I feel like that's like a rule. You got to bring up paying off debt and creating a budget if you're going to talk about saving money. I'll make you mad at me in a couple minutes. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Go. You, you first. <laughs> okay. So my second one on my saving money list is minimalism curious what your thoughts are on that yay or nay first let me ask you that define it first and then i'll uh i'll give you my opinion okay um i guess i'm gonna say minimalism is more of living on the items that you need and not buying materialistic items that may only bring you joy for a couple days regardless of how well can you like nice things like what if you save up for something that's really nice and it brings you value I actually think that's more like minimalism because if you just save up for one big item, that saves you from buying all the little trinkets, you know, $5 here, $10 here, $20 here. So I actually, yeah, I'm in favor of that. I don't think I'd really consider myself. Well, I did a video a bunch bunch of years back, actually. I can say that. It actually was a bunch of years back and it was my minimalist house tour. And the amount of people are like, you have so much clutter. (laughs) This is way too much clutter. I'm like... I have like my grandma's picture on the mantle. Like, okay, all right. <laughs> I think if you came to my house and you were on the far other extreme, like you were not like, you know, the people that like to make their house look like an HGTV commercial. Yeah. Like if you're one of those people and come to my house, like I don't really have many things hanging on the walls. Like we're, we don't have like, we're not like that. Most of my wardrobe came out of my father's closet when he passed away, old flannels, old jeans. But on the flip side of that, 
I do like nice things and the things that I have that I saved up for. For example, I have a pretty nice truck. We talked about it with Scott from Playing With Fire. I have a really nice truck. I have a couple of firearms that I probably could have got something very, very similar for this price, but I'm a kind of a gun guy. So I, I got really, really nice. Even recording this podcast, like we could have done it for pretty cheap, but I went and got a nice recorder because I wanted to be able to travel. Like I thought long-term with it. So I really wouldn't put myself in the classification of a minimalist. I'm, I'm definitely frugal. I think that's a better description of what I am because I think with frugality, that's more of that value, like saving up, spending things. But I think I'm simple, but I wouldn't say I'm a minimalist. How do you think that being minimalist would save me money? Yeah. So first, I do consider myself a minimalist, but not like one of those extreme minimalists that have like only four forks and two knives or whatever, and then eat on the floor. Because you got to think too, like I have two kids, you know, it, it's kind of hard to be a extreme minimalist if you have kids with toys and I mean, they got to play. But I think that minimalism can be made up by whatever you believe it is. Like, you know, there's some people who say you have to follow these rules or whatever. No, I mean, minimalism is what you make it. And basically for me and my wife and how we save money by being minimalist, I guess, is we're constantly getting rid of things that we don't use. So if we know something been sitting in the closet or down in storage that's been sitting for two, three months, why the hell do we need to keep it? Unless it's Christmas decorations or something we use for, you know, Easter or the one time important plates that you got to bring out for the Thanksgiving dinner or whatever it is. If it's not something that we use consistently, we're going to sell it. And then in return, you just earn some income for the month. So you get to use all that stuff you sell, turn around and go put it towards debt or your savings goal or whatever it may be for that year. Yeah, we and also too, I think you mentioned you don't always have to sell things too. Uh, it's the end of the year. I just got off the phone with my account. A lot of we make a lot of donations. So especially with young kids growing out of clothes and COVID, everyone wants new. Nobody wants nobody wants hand me down clothes. So you know things like that. We I've tried to sell things in the past, and you're very that's very true. We are far from hoarders. Everything that we have around, we do the same with and same thing with wardrobes. If we get to, that's one of the great things about living in a spot where you change wardrobes. You you pull out all the spring clothes. You're like, I'm not going to wear that this year. And then it usually goes to the donation side. Yeah, no, I can, I can, I can go with that. Well, another thing too, I want I guess I wanted to mention that was like, so as a consumer, you know, as being a minimalist, you don't really ever need anything unless you like really find something that you want or it's going to better your life. Or your time, for example, like us buying a little bit better quality microphone setups, just because we knew it was going to one save us time, improve our quality. So, like little things like that, it's all about what brings you value and what brings you joy in life to spend the money on. To where in return, if it's one of those quick expenses at the gas station or an extra thing at the grocery store or whatever, you're some you know buying something on Amazon. As a minimalist, you're like, do I really need this or is this going to take up more space? And then when you think about it, if you just don't make the transaction, that's money that gets saved in your pocket. Amen, brother. Love it. What's your second one? I'm, th- I'm going to try and go from like the, the thing that's the most cliche to the thing that's going to make people most angry with me. <laughs> so I'm looking at my list here because I did. I wrote a couple in case we had some repeats. So like I'm thinking about like what's not going to make the list. And um, I'm going to go with the second one actually is something that I fought myself back and forth. And I know that there are a ton of people listening right now that are going through the same exact thing as me. And I want to say that I do not regret this decision for one second. I cut the cord. Okay. There is no reason in my opinion 
that anybody should still be paying for cable, especially at the price that cable is. And I'll give you some examples, especially when they want to get you. You can't just get one thing anymore. You have to get the bundle and the home line and this, that, and the other thing. It is insane. Every single person that has cable that's listening to this podcast has said to themselves in the last three months, why am I paying for all these channels? And every single person that's listening to this podcast that has cable has seen that bill and said, this is ridiculous. I'm going to cut the cord. And then you just don't. I actually got forced into it. I moved. And when we moved and it was time to like hook up the cable and Ty was like, is this our opportunity to try it out? And I'll tell you this, and this goes down to that minimalist that you're, thing that you were talking about. We got rid of the, the triple play bundle with the home phone. I don't have a landline. We got rid and we upgraded our cable, our internet a little bit for things like this. We use cable and we knew that if we cut the cord, we were going to stream. Now, the one number one argument people say to me is, well, if I'm going to be buying subscriptions to all these streaming services, it's going to be the same amount of money as if I had cable. And there's a, a little portion of that that's true, but not really because You know how Dave Ramsey says, like, if you have credit cards, it makes you spend money on more things, like, inherently? Cable, if you're watching cable, you are so used to watching all these channels and all these different shows. When you cut the cord, you're going to find out the things that you really want to watch. And I went from somebody that watched a lot of TV to, like, realizing that I was just shamelessly, like, just going through the channels, going through the channels. And, like, I have not missed a show. Like even with YouTube TV, I think I pay like $49 a month for it. It gives me like the exact channels I need and things like that. Then when Game of Thrones came out, yeah, I gave HBO the 20 bucks for the four months it was out, but I only have apps of the things that I'm going to watch or the things that make my kid's life better. Disney Plus and really Netflix is all I really, and YouTube TV, that's it. Now, do the three of those come close to where I was paying? No, it wasn't. And it was, it's expensive, but now I watch more quality TV and watch more. I invested in like masterclass and I watch things like that. And I've changed how I watch TV. So it's not even the money saving thing. It was the emotional side. I stopped just aimlessly like going through the channels every single night, every single night. So think of it as a minor savings monthly, but a greater psychological savings. And I do not know the answer to this question. JJ, do you have cable? So that's funny you asked that. Because I literally, uh, we just cut the cord this month. Yes. We've had DirecTV uh, for years. And I've always had to do the like annual call where I got to call in and be like, oh, your bill's too high. You got to lower this damn thing or I'm going to cancel. Then they lower it, you know, $30, $40. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, you know. Just raise it back up $3 a month for the rest of the year. Exactly, exactly. So then finally I got to a point where, it came up too high. I didn't get my discounts. And basically they said, I mean, there's nothing else we can do. So finally I was like, okay, yeah, that's it. That's the, cause I do want to say this, a quick tip for everybody listening. If you guys do have direct TV, if you call in the customer service hotline and you, and you say like to the automated service, like you're canceling your direct TV, they will automatically take you to the customer loyalty spot of the, of direct TV, wherever the hell that's at. And that call center will contact you. And all you got to say is, Hey, I talked to one of your other representatives. They said to call in. They said when I'm thinking about canceling to ask you what the going discounts are right now to be able to apply to my bill. And usually it's up to the upwards of like 10, 20, sometimes 30% off. And that's just free money you could be adding on if you do have DirecTV. But with that being said, we cancel it, got rid of it. And there's a few things my wife misses during the day is she misses having live TV, which my fix there is to put up an antenna. 
And then the other thing she misses is like her HDTV because we aren't paying for any other services right now. I guess we have Disney Plus, but my grand my my grandparents my son's grandparents, so my parents pay for Disney Plus right now. Do you have Apple TV? How are you streaming Disney Plus? Uh, it's through my Vizio smart TV. Oh, you have a smart TV? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yep. YouTube TV will give her all the live TV she needs. YouTube well, how much TV? is it a month? I think forty nine bucks. Oh, that's not too bad, I guess. And it's got live. That's how I do like live sports and things like that. Now, see if I do an antenna. It's a $30 one-time fee. I got to install some wires, and then I got free TV forever. They, see, we don't do that here in New York. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Antennas. <laughs> no antennas for this guy. I don't, don't even know what that means. <laughs> so, what, What's your number three? Quick. quick get all, okay, get, let's go. Let's hey, go. What's your number three? What's We're falling three? apart here. <laughs> so my number three. Brad, I, I'm, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Not You may have. But uh, it is financial fasting. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> no, I have no idea. And I've, okay. I've heard of a lot of different fastings before, but not financial fasting. Go. Yeah, yeah. So I don't remember where I heard this from or if I read it on a blog or what, but my wife and I, she came home one day and I said, you know, it was one of those months where like you're like, oh, you finally look at the credit card statement or you see how much comes is coming in through the, the categories that you have set up for a budget. And you're like, how are we spending this much money? So then- then a month later, you're like, all right, let's do this. You know, we got to have a good month. Let's not spend too much. And then it's like day seven and you've already maxed out what you're going to hit for your top, for your categories that month. But basically what a financial fast is, is you set an extended period of time, two days, a week, two weeks, a month, that you do not spend a single dollar. A month would be hard, dude. Yeah. So it... No, for example, if you have like automated bills, like your electric bill and okay. stuff like that, obviously you pay that stuff. Gas man's pissed. Right, right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a financial fast. <laughs> Come back in 22 days, please. <laughs> but no, like all your typical bills, like obviously you got to pay your mortgage and stuff like that. But everything else you completely cut out. And I would highly recommend if you're going to do something like this, start small. You know, go go two days or go 24 hours Work your way up to you know three days, then a week, then two weeks, and if you can if you can do a month, you know more power to you. So that you can obviously tell how it's going to benefit you when you're not spending money. That's just more money in your pocket. But it's cool to kind of set it up as a little game because it gives you an initiative and it gives you something that's kind of hit. It gives you a goal to set. Right on. Is that kind of in the quote no spendies kind of category? I would say that's exactly what it is. Because <sighs> I do hate no spendies, but. I used to say that you had to look at no spendies from both sides. It has to be a net day. So for example, if I make $5 today and I spend none, I netted $5 on the day. If I make $100 today and I spend 25, I netted 75. So who had a better day? Yeah. And I spent, I got to spend five times as much as somebody, you know, that's, I just, I was never a big fan. I always hated on the no spendies and the heat I most ever got on Instagram was like, I called like no spendies dumb and so many people. How dare you, Brad? You, I wish I still, if you haven't noticed people at home, I, I've kind of gotten away from Instagram for a month. I just needed a month off. So, but they, they were savages. Like we're, we never call you dumb. You know, like, I thought you said be kind. I was like, all I did was say, I think they're dumb. I didn't call anybody dumb. I didn't call, I didn't do anything wrong. I just gave my opinion. Yeah. Sorry about that. Speaking of my opinion, this one, this one might come to you because I, I'm, I don't know. 
Stop going to the gym. Oh. Stop paying gym memberships un- unless there's an unless. Unless you can run a sub six minute mile, you can do 100 double unders with a jump rope, you could do 25 pull ups, you could do 50 push ups in a row, and you could do 100 sit ups. I don't see any reason, especially in the times that we're living in, to be paying any even $1 Planet Fitness. I feel like it's such a, a fad. Like how many people are going to the gym regularly for more than a year? It's so fatty and it's so New Year's resolution and it's new body, new me, or I'm going on vacation. If you want to be fit and you want to look good, run 20 minutes a day. And when you get back from your run, do 50 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, and 20 pull-ups, and tell me you don't look better in six months. And that is free. I'm going to highly disagree on that one. <laughs> I just, I, and I just do not understand. And I can see like, I'm a big cyclist. You have to pay for a bike. Okay. But it costs absolutely nothing to go outside and do cardio and, and, and do seven minutes of burpees for time. Guys, here comes the JJ and Brad debate. I don't know if you guys like these or not. Let us know on the Facebook page if you like <laughs> these or not. I, I stand tall. I, I stand tall on this right now. I just want to ask you a question. How, how much did your bike cost? Which one, JJ? How much did all of them cost? Give I me probably, a rough estimate. I probably have a $10,000 bicycle portfolio. Okay. So for me to go to the gym, it cost me about... But like I, I, I said the bike thing aside, though. Now you're comparing apples to apples here. <laughs> Hang on. Just listen. So it's about 20 bucks a month for me to go to the gym, right? So for $10,000 on bikes... I could go to the gym for 500 months. You know I have a rebuttal for this, right? That's 42 years. Okay. <laughs> go. Okay. Okay. I, <laughs> He's thinking, people. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm thinking of the right angle. I've ridden my bike, on average, more than an hour per day over the last month. Obviously not an hour per day, but if you took 30 days, I've been on my bike for more than 30 hours. So I got the value and the fitness of 30 hours of bicycle riding. How many hours have you spent at the gym? And because you're a normal average person, before you quit your job, before you quit your job, and you're just like everybody else that's listening, and you're not a 30-year-old retired, before you quit your job, how many hours were you legitimately spending working out in the gym? I'm not talking about, oh, I just did a couple sets, and I'm going to go check myself out in the mirror, and then I'm going to go to the locker room, then I'm going to get a drink of water. How many hours were you actually working out in the gym? So if it was whenever I was going to a CrossFit gym, it was a probably, it'd be an hour class and I'd go to four classes per week. If it was a typical gym session during YouTube stuff, I would probably guess an hour or two a week. Right. Yeah. So my bicycle investment is way better for me. I'm getting a much greater return on my investment on my bicycle than you were getting at your gym. And... Since you have forgotten, I used to own a CrossFit gym. CrossFit is not $20 a month. Correct. Right. So you, you could still so you're, so you're fluffing the numbers here. Are you going to CrossFit for $100 a month? So let's do let's for do one hour classes when the average watt is only 20 minutes. I know that too. You forgot you forgot that. So so do an average. If I pay my $20 compared to 100 we're at around $40 or so. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. <laughs> Correct. 
Okay, compared so compared to your ten thousand, you just went from forty-two years to twenty years. Exactly. I don't know. I think that I think the gym is. Uh, well, we, here, well, here's we can agree to disagree on this, right? Like, I think so. Because here's another thing I do want to mention is like, you know, there's certain body types people want, and you're not going to get a body types of how certain people want doing push-ups, sit-ups, and riding a bike. And I'm coming from a CrossFit guy. I will say that. But I'm agree gonna, to disagree. I'm going to have to strongly disagree with you. <laughs> strongly disagree. Yeah. I, all right. Yeah, no, I'd say let us know let us know who you agree with on the Facebook page. No, I am, I'm, I am the, I'm the minority here. There's people out there that are paying I don't know, maybe not. There's people out there paying three thirty five hundred dollars for an effing Peloton bike and then paying them another fifty dollars a month just so they can have some woman be like, You're doing great. I know the struggles that you have in your life and we can overcome it tomorrow. Just go outside and ride your bike. Like why know, do you maybe some people need why that. do you need Matt Wilpers in your in your ear? Telling you to pedal faster. Some people need the extra push. That may be worth the fifty bucks. Uh, don't go. To the gym. Agree to disagree. <laughs> don't. Go to the gym. What's your, What's your next one? Don't go to the gym. I'm getting the last so, word in here. Don't go to the gym. All right, sounds good. Yeah, you edit it anyway, so you could edit me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get you in here, just being like, "Great idea, Brad." Fully yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Pull something from the old episodes. <laughs> so my number four. And there's a couple that kind of go with this one, so just bear with me. And that is saving money on groceries. I think one of the highest items us as humans spend our money on is food. Rather that be takeout, going out to eat, groceries. But your grocery grocery category in general, I feel like, is sometimes a very hot item, especially for families. So a couple ways I thought of to help save money on your grocery bill is number one, meal prep. Obviously, meal prepping is something that not only is going to benefit your dollar, it's going to lose some weight and you can keep, you know, keep the dollars in your wallet, but it's going to help you lose some weight as well, or Mm -hmm. at least live a more healthier lifestyle. In return, you're going to have set lunches and dinners that's going to keep you from going out to eat or buying something on the way home from fast food and then also saving money because it's less stuff you have to buy. Second thing is Walmart pickup. My wife and I have been doing this a lot lately, and it's amazing. Because, you know, when you're in the grocery store, you're walking down the aisle, you got your you got your grocery list. Mm-hmm. There's always those chocolate chip cookies. That was always the ones that got me. If I'm going down the aisle, which I shouldn't even have been going down that aisle in the first <laughs> place, and then I look at them, I'm like, ooh, should I grab them? Should I? Yeah, I'm going to grab them. It, there's always something. Or there's the end cap. You know, they got the, the, the buy one, get one, the BOGO deal or whatever it is. Eh, it's buy one, get one, let me add it. That's how that bill gets added up. It's like when you go. It's like when you, you don't bring your kid to the to the toy store. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so with Walmart pickup, you set up your your grocery list on the app, and then you're done. You don't have to go in and get you know pulled to something else and grab some extra stuff just because you need it. No, you're automatically buying exactly what you need. Now another thing that these two kind of go hand in hand is another re- way you can save your grocery bills is buying off brand. Now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you have to buy everything off brand. I'll be the first one to tell you the one thing I will spend any amount of money on is a good brand of tissue paper. I want when I'm wiping my butt, I want to make sure I got some good quality stuff that ain't going to rip out on me. And I also want it to feel good as well. So I will spend a decent amount of money on some tissue paper. Now, people, if you're out there saying no, you're freaking lying or I don't know what's wrong with you. The second thing is. So you hated my house. I got single ply up in this piece. 
That is the one thing. I, you know what? I actually texted Lindsay. I was like, Brad has the shittiest, <laughs> no pun intended, has the shittiest toilet paper. I'm single fly. I'm not going to lie. I'm single <laughs> fly. <laughs> Okay, oh, on. that's funny you said we, that. We never knew about that. Thanks. Yep. What else did you tell your wife about your visit here? Everything else was great. The <laughs> tissue paper sucked. <laughs> or the toilet paper. Toilet paper. Yeah. Oh, geez. And then the other, I guess, other on-brand thing I like is is soda. You know, if I'm drinking like a Diet Coke. I love Diet Coke, so. Um, except I own stock and Pepsi. <laughs> so uh, with that, the other thing of like, leaning off off brand or going from off brands is uh Aldi's or Aldi. If you guys have an Aldi in your area, that's one of the best places to go to get your groceries. Obviously they don't have the pickup, um, at least where I'm at, either they don't have the pickup and you have to go in and go through the aisles or whatnot, but it's still the the deals over there are great. Yeah. Um also too we have something very similar. We have Aldi here, but we also have a best yet market too. Those are always good. And I will add something to that because I do something, my wife and I do something that I've actually gotten negative feedback, or not negative feedback, but people that can't do what we do. And I know a lot of people, they say they save money by doing going to the grocery store less frequently, probably for the reasons that you said. A problem that we found ourselves having is that we were throwing out a lot of food because life happens and the food we thought we were going to eat. So if you have a disciplined shopper, and that's me, like I do not want to be in the grocery store and we're very for, fortunate where the grocery store is a quarter mile from my house. So we literally shop daily. I go to my stop and shop or Aldi every single day after work. We talk about what's for dinner. I go in, I get exactly what I need, hmm. and I'm out of there. And that saved us money in two ways. One, I'm a disciplined shopper, so I don't grab the cookies and I don't grab that stuff because I don't get pleasure from food. I get it from drinking beers, drink beer, buy stocks. And There you go, baby. <laughs> so we're able to do that. And then also as well, we don't throw out as much food because we're pretty much just um, getting food. Now, for dry goods, also, I don't know if they have if they have these where you live, but we have like Costco, BJ's, things like that, where essentially you pay a yearly membership of negligible amount and you can buy wholesale at, at, at in bulk. So we buy our toilet paper, one ply. Um, <laughs> we buy all that stuff, all our dry goods, as a rice and beans kind of guy, we get all like our black beans in bulk and stuff like that. So we do get our bulk items from wholesale stores. And if you have a BJ's or Costco, I feel like it's one of those things where you hear there's a quote membership and you're like, no. I mean, I probably pay for my BJ's membership in just the gas savings because they also have a gas station there that saves you a couple bucks. So think about wholesale shopping, I think, as well as, as a follow-up to ways that you can use grocery shopping and save some money there. Very cool. Well, what's your fourth one, Brad? Oh, man, I feel like yours are so... Mine are so, like, triggering people. <laughs> All right. We're triggering people, too. Brad's the villain today. Bad cop. You be good cop. I'll be bad All cop. Right. I'm not going to lie, and I will talk some numbers. I have saved money this year by using credit cards. I will give you a couple of examples on how and why. And remember, this is coming from former Baby Steps Brad... This is coming from Dave Ramsey, Loyalist. Total Money Makeover is right here. <laughs> it's right next to me. I, listen, credit cards do not, in my opinion, change who people are. If you are going to be a bad spender, you're going to be a bad spender with or without credit cards. To say that it makes you spend on things that you would normally spend on, that's 
that's not a credit card problem. That's a spending problem. That's a self-control problem. So most of my credit cards, I, I don't even have in my pocket. They're all for my auto paying and I'm using them for specific purposes. I'll give you an example. My city double cashback card pays me 2% cashback on everything. So every hundred dollars I spend, I put $2 back in my pocket. Now, is that a ton of money? No but it's money I had to spend at the grocery store, whatever. So why not get two bucks back? You know, that's better savings. That's a better interest rate than your money market account at Capital One right now. We talk about five times points back on groceries. So you have the cash back side, and then you also have the reward point side. Now, I was actually scheduled to go to Disney in May, and I was about to make a video. I think in March, I made the video talking about it, and then it never happened, never came to fruition. But I had a seven-day trip planned to Disney with my two kids and my wife staying in the resort. And we were going to stay there seven days for free. I think we ended up paying like $30 in airline taxes. And that was flights from New York to Florida, entry into the park, hotels, getting from, to and from the airport to our houses. That was everything. And that was paid with regular spending. And people are like, Brad, that's a ton of points. We put $30,000 a year on a credit card and I paid off the next day. That is a poop ton of reward points and miles and cash back. 2% on $30,000 I put back in my pocket pays for like a half a, year, half a month of daycare. So I get a half back free for using credit cards. So I, I can rant about credit cards and we, we can have another, I think we did an episode on credit and we can get into specific rewards in another episode because that is a rabbit hole I can get down for a long time. But if you go into it with a negative mindset, you're always going to hear what you want to hear. Listen to the people that went from Baby Steps Brad, Dave Ramsey Loyalist, to somebody that had, you, you can imagine how much a seven-day trip in Disney cost. You know, the rewards aside, forget the flights and all that stuff. Just the, just the cash back that I get. You know, 30000 on just daycare. That's not food. That's not my utilities. That's not anything else I put on my credit card. I'm putting that back in my pocket. Who doesn't want 2%, right? Yeah, no, I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you on that, man. And just to touch on the rewards part a little bit, that's how my wife and I are able to travel, you know, and do things is we don't have to spend money on flights or sometimes we'll even mark off hotels with points because we're able to do that. So mm-hmm. big, big believer in credit card rewards. Um, if you're going to be doing the spending, why not get rewarded for it anyways? So yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. Okay. Are we on our last ones? We are. So, so mine's, Mine's a little different. Uh, I will say this: it's not a, it's not a big like. I probably shouldn't have saved this one for last, but we're gonna roll with it now. Can't go back now. It's one of those ones where like a lot of people may have not thought about because I actually mentioned this one in one of my old YouTube videos, and I got a lot of comments on it. And it's sharing a soda. So some of you may be like, okay, well, what exactly does that mean? Have you ever heard so, of COVID nineteen? Oh God. <laughs> That's true. Well, speaking of which, speak, yeah, go ahead. Tell that story because I know are we on the same page with this? Just hear me out. No, hold on. Let me tell this quick story. Okay, go ahead. JJ Buckner comes to visit me. You guys have heard about this. We go to this fancy bar. It's like a little speakeasy type bar. It's a, it's a, I got a fancy drink. It had leaves in it and things like that. JJ goes, looks pretty good. I'm like, yeah. This was two, three weeks ago. Grabs my drink out of my hand and takes a drink out of my drink through my straw. COVID. 
COVID. Took my drink, drank it out of my straw. Now, I wasn't worried about like getting it from him. He lives in a whole, a whole bunk. <laughs> I thought in that one instant, I'd given the entire state of Missouri COVID-19. <laughs> So it's been a couple of weeks. How you feeling? You feeling good? I'm good, man. Yeah, I I wasn't even thinking about. You know what it was? It was those Long Islands in Long Island that made me not even think about it. You're oh, like, oh, oh, it's got leaves in it. Is that mint? <laughs> I'm gonna give that sucker a try. Split us, guys. Right, so now tell us about how you guys in Missouri like to split sodas. Yeah. So so hear me out. So let's say you got a girlfriend. You know, you're married. Whatever. I mean, you guys are already kissing and stuff anyway, so <laughs> not too worried about COVID right now. But before pre-COVID days, let's say you go out to eat, right? And my wife and I, we like that's one thing we like to spend a lot of money on. You know, we like going out to eat. We like the the uh, the experience of it. So when you go and like, if we both order a soda, we're both Diet Coke drinkers. That's like four or five, sometimes six, seven dollars on your bill that you got to pay. So we both like having a soda with dinner. So now sometimes what we'll do is when we sit down, either Lindsay or I will order a soda and the other one orders a water with lemon and we each got our own soda. We just have to have drink out of the same straw. We just get a little extra refills and then. That's borderline cheap to me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's borderline cheap. It's it works it, and like I said, it may not be a lot, but if you add it up at the end of the year, are you the guy that saves the Seven Eleven cup so you can go in two days later and get a refill? No, no, I do not do that. Oh gosh, I see those people at the Chipotle all the time. They come in with their Chipotle cup and just fill it up. I'm like, that's aggressive. No, I don't do that. But I guess if it was a good deal, maybe I don't know. Maybe that is the cheap side coming out on me. I, no, no, I will say <laughs> that I've done that with things that like aren't soda or like. My wife and I, she'll get like, instead of us both drinking a small, she'll get a large and we'll split it. So I just thought of this. And listeners, I, if you guys have kids, I'm going to guarantee you've done this. <laughs> have you ever lied about your kids' age to save I haven't got money? to that point yet. I haven't got oh. to that. I'm soon. <laughs> yeah, yours are We were going to do it in Disney, though. I was. She turned two like three weeks before we were going to go. And... I can't wait to do that. But now with COVID and all the opportunities to do so, my daughter's getting like old enough now where I, if I'm like, she's two, she'd be like, I'm two Not and a half. <laughs> like I'm yeah. four, you know, yeah. like or her favorite age five. So I'm like, I feel like I'm missing that opportunity. Oh, it's so funny, man. I remember going to Mason one time. We we're at some park or whatever. And I was like two and under got in for free. And he's, you know, three turning four now. And I looked over and I was like, you are two today. Do not tell anybody else that you're three because you are two. <laughs> Daddy's got to save this extra $5, son. You're two, damn it. <laughs> I got. I did get in an argument with like a teenager who was working at like the pumpkin picking farm and they had like all these like things you could go on and play and Avery wasn't the right height. Meanwhile, the girl can jump, jump a six foot fence at two and a half years age. She's very, <laughs> she's got control of her body and like she was under the height by like, dude, I'm talking an inch. And the kid was like, Nope. Nope. And my wife was like, are you, are you going to get in a fist fight at the pumpkin patch? <laughs> and she's crying hysterical. Like it was kind of, it was like a weekday cause we're teachers. Like we went during oh, the yeah. week and he was just like, rules are rules, man. Rules. Are-. He dropped the rules of rules on me and I, I wanted to drop an elbow on him. <laughs> I haven't had the, I haven't had the live out of rage, but that was one time that like, that was the first time where I saw her discriminated against. Yeah. And it hurt. It was our height. She'll grow. 
I can't wait to go back next year. If that same kid is working there next year, I'm not only going to be like, hmm, look how tall she is now, bitch, but I'm going to tell her <laughs> to kick him in the in the shin. I'm going to tell her to kick him. <laughs> yeah, the shin. There in you the go. In the shin. Look who's, look who's oh, tall man. now. That's right. All right. I feel, my, I feel like mine were so much more unorthodox. I tried to go crazy, though. All right. Here's my last crazy one. Pay a CPA to do your taxes and keep a relationship with your accountant. That will save you more money in the long run than I ever could have imagined. Now, I was very fortunate with my small businesses that I kind of had to get a CPA early. And I also do advise like switching it up every three years. I try not to hold one for four. Like I'm, I'm at an accountant right now for four years and that will probably be it, but he's kind of the man. But you get, how many times you're like, when I first met my wife, well, who does your taxes? Oh, my dad's friend that's been doing it for years. I was like, give your stuff to me and found out like this old dude didn't know about things like that. And they all specialize in different things. So her dad was a cop. So this CPA was very good with cop expenses and things like that, where Tara being a teacher, he missed a bunch of her teacher educated expenses and things like that. Granted, if you're a young kid, you got an easy W2 and that's it. Then yeah, go on TurboTax or whatever. But I can tell you this, if you have A, more than one stream of income, and that includes dividends, interest, or anything like that, you should be probably paying an accountant. And remember that the money that you pay an accountant is a tax write-off, okay? So, I mean, most of us are taking the standard deduction. We'll, we'll see how long that standard deduction lasts. But I'll tell you this, guys, I don't know the exact number off, off the top of my head, but my accountant has saved me thousands of dollars in taxes going back to the IRS. I mean, simple enough. Like I knew about even retirement funds and knowing that like if I put money into my 403B and my 451, but it was really my accountant that was like, Brad, no, here's the numbers. If you put this, here's how much you're going to save. And he made me do that. And he made sure that my corporate structures were all the right way. And he, when I started YouTube and I didn't realize that the desk in my background was now a write-off. And if I traveled, all I had to do was record a podcast while I was there and it was a business write-off. And I used my cell phone for social media. So that's a write-off. I use the internet, like all of these things I never would have known if I didn't pay my CPA. And that was one of those things two years ago, three years ago, I never even thought about. I really didn't. And I still talk to so many adults that have not, it doesn't, it doesn't complicated, just things that we don't know. And especially now in this day and age, a tax code is changing so much. I found out last year that my job was under withholding me because they changed the W4 sheet. Like my CPA picked that up. If he hadn't picked that up after our quarterly review, I would have ended up being short like $7,000 for my federal taxes last year at my, at my school district because they had so many people that hadn't gotten to it yet. And there was like a, a phase in period. I can get, I can ramble, ramble, but pay a CPA. They are worth their weight in gold and they will save you money over the long run. And it is a tax write off, whatever you want to, and have a relationship with them. If you don't feel comfortable calling your CPA and saying, Hey, I'm thinking about buying this. Would that be considered a business write-off for my business? If you don't feel comfortable doing that, you need a new CPA. And if you need a CPA that you could feel comfortable doing that with, I have one. I'm sure JJ has a very similar opinion when it comes to CPAs. Yes? No? Are you, you yeah. paying somebody, right? Yep. Yeah, I do. I've been <clears throat> paying somebody for a while. I guess my thought on ta taxes is, man, like there's, like you said, one, it's changing all the time. But two, there's so many ins and outs of ways to do things that 
if you're not doing it on a daily basis, you're just not going to know as much as someone who may who, who's licensed for it. Yeah. So I'm definitely in like, I mean, I don't go work on my own teeth. I don't cut my own hair uh, because I like my fades a special way. And I don't do my own surgeries. There's people out there for that. That's why I believe in a CPA should handle my taxes because I don't practice that. You know, I don't yeah. practice how to engage. And I think you made a good point too. With like, if you're a young kid, you know, like, or if you're a uh, like a, a spouse, you're a you know wife and, and husband, and you have one stream of income, you you can probably get away with a TurboTax or HR block or whatever. So uh, yeah, you made a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because taxes are very important, especially if you have some sort of side hustle or business. There's a lot of a lot of things you can take advantage of. Like even as a tutor, I remember when I first started tutoring years ago, and people were like. Oh, hide that cash, you know, have them pay you in cash. So then my CPA, I told him, I was like, oh, I am making some money in cash. He goes, no, claim that because tutoring has so many write-offs that come with it. And it turned out that I just by claiming that I was making that money, I got to write off gas. I got to write off depreciation on my truck. Now my truck became, and quote, now I had a tutoring business where when I thought I was beating the IRS, number one, that's freaking illegal. I thought I was beating the IRS by hiding cash or it turned out by claiming it to the IRS, I actually saved more money and had more write-offs in my personal life. And that was like an honorable mention for me if we got to it. So I will just say like, if you have a small business, if you are making money anywhere else outside your W-2, make it a sole prop, make it a business so you can write stuff off. Writing stuff off that now I can call a business expense that I want in my life that make my life better, it just makes it so amazing. Like, I love taking pictures. Boom, I'm a YouTuber. That's now a tax write-off. You know, like, I like nice headphones. I like a nice cell phone, things like that. Boom, tax write-off, tax write-off. So, did you have any honorable mentions? Ooh, I didn't. No. Um, I guess, I honestly, yeah, I do. I just thought of something. I guess, really, it's more of just if you set goals, you know, and that could be savings goals. It could be goals to help out certain investments or whatever that may be. But I'm real big on like tracking and, you know, always having something to look back on to motivate you. So if you're tracking your goals, I think that was going to be one way to uh, really help help speed up your savings and help you save more money because you have something to work forward to. And if you're just doing it because you say, oh, the guys on the podcast at Average Money said I got to go save my money. Like you got to have something you're working towards to be able to to have that motivation behind of say why you're saving money. Yeah, don't do not do it for me. <laughs> right. I don't care how much money you save, to be honest. Like Mr. Money Mustache said, like everyone makes me out to be this personal finance guru. And he's like, I don't give a crap about your personal finance. I just want to make the world a better place. And I actually have an honorable mention for you because I was creeping on your Instagram. How about n- never buy new? Mm, that's a good one didn't you just buy a truck i did just buy a truck and let me tell you you know she's uh she's a little rough but i got a really good deal on her um i bought me a an 05 chevy silverado 1500 four-wheel drive z71 and uh like i said it's not nothing fancy i got her for 5900 dollars, about one hundred forty thousand miles on her you know it's I'm a big believer in if it gets you from A to B, you don't need to spend a bunch of money on it. You know, I mean, we're, for example, we're still driving my wife's car from high school and we're, she's 30 years old. So having those used cars, one, if you just do your routine maintenance and you drive them, you take care of them, they're going to last you a long time. And if you do got to fix something, think about it this way. If you have to fix something where it's something, uh, brakes or, you know, maybe you got a a big engine fix, something you got to get, I don't know replace your transmission whatever it may be instead of 
people get so freaked out like oh my gosh i gotta i gotta change my transmission i might as well go buy a brand new car so they'll go, they'll go drop twenty five to thirty thousand dollars on a car, or just say fifteen to thirty. I don't know. And instead of spending just the two thousand dollars to make that one fix in a car that they know is reliable. Yeah. No, good talk. This is a conversation you should be having with your friends too. You know, and this is a conversation that you guys can extend in the Facebook group. Get in there and you know let us know. Let us know if we're crazy. Let us know if you got something. I still want to have that poll. Maybe I need to create the poll now. And they can listen to it on on the episode of uh, if a gym membership should be uh, worth it or not. You want to make it before it's published? Maybe we could do that. It'd be fun. I feel like I'm still the minority, though. I I feel like I can't win that. Uh, We'll see. (laughs) All right, JJ. um, I think that's all we have to say tonight. What do you think? Yeah, man. I I do quickly want to read. So uh, for those of you that... uh, have been oh, listening for yeah, a we bit. Have a rev- we've had a couple guests. I forgot that we read yep. reviews. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, so we uh, we don't read reviews on guests just because we don't want to take up the time or whatever for our guests coming in. Uh, but we have had some new reviews come in, and I wanted to make sure I got to read one on this episode. So this one comes from KGG2Pit. Uh, it says, interesting, fun, listen. Followed both of you guys on YouTube while I built up knowledge base and personal finance. You guys made a fun and easy to listen to podcast, and I look forward to it every week. Keep on doing what you're doing. That was nice. I love these reviews, man. I, I love reading them. You usually get to them before me because I, I read them at lunch and you read them right first thing in the morning. But yeah, no, they really are awesome. And it, it makes, we've, we've said it once, we'll say it a hundred times. It really makes this more rewarding. You know, we know we're not the biggest podcast. We know we're not winning awards. We know our audio isn't perfect. But I think just reading that lets us know that people are listening and, you know, maybe somebody is going to listen to this and say, you know what, I should cut the cord. And you're right, I should just be doing some sit-ups and some push-ups and running the mile. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, Brad, sign us off, bud. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll we'll see you next week. Hope you have an amazing day, and thanks for listening as always. Cheers, guys.